angels desire bodies. And if they can't have a person's body, they want the body of an animal. When he was going to cast them out of this one individual, they said, can we go into that herd of swine? Remember the story? So he let him go into a herd of swine. What did this swine do? They ran off of a cliff and jumped into it, and they died. They died. That's where you get devil's ham. Now, see, you didn't know some of this stuff. That's why. What else does it prove? It proves that people will put up with the devil when a hog won't. See, that's what's behind the scenes, you know. But not all of the fallen angels were roaming free, but some have been placed in other places. Look there in the book of Jude. The book of Jude, right before the book of Revelation. And look in Jude and verse 6. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Now, if this great day is a reference to the great white throne judgment, okay, that's going to wait till then. But what if the great judgment that God has talked about is the tribulation period, and they will be there until God is ready to use them to accomplish his purpose? So remember, the devil and fallen angels have limitations upon their power of what they can and cannot do. They can't just do anything they want to do. The, the devil is not omnipotent. He is not omnipresent. He is not all wise. There's a lot of things he don't know and a lot of things he cannot do. He can't be everywhere at the same time. But he got a lot of demons. How many? I don't know. I haven't counted them. I really don't care how many he got. But he says here, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness until the judgment of the great day. So there's angels that are there. Now the place that it mentions, look there in the book of Second Peter, in chapter 2, 2 Peter chapter 2, and you'll notice there in verse 4, it says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, so angels were able to sin, but cast them down to hell, and this is the only place this word is found, which is Tartarus, not Tartar sauce, Tartarus, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. So they are there until God is ready. Now, is it the judgment of the angels or is it the judgment upon the earth and God uses them for his purpose? I don't know. There is a scripture in the book of 1 Corinthians that talks about, shall not we, the Christians, judge the angels? So there is a time coming where we are going to judge the angels. To what degree? I don't know, but that's what the book says. So go back there to the book of Revelation and chapter 9. Chapter 9. Now remember, out of this pit, a lot of smoke, whether it's because of you know, vapor or smoke, I don't care, I don't know. But it's going to come up somewhere there in the Middle East. And whenever it opens up and it comes up, it seems like the Bible says toward the end of the tribulation period, which is when some of these things begin to take place, that you will not be able to see the, the sun, one-third, and you will not be able to see the moon for one-third, and that uh, it's going to be dark upon the earth, a third. 
So we talked about a third, a third, a third, which is what you find in chapter 8 when it talks about, you know, a third of this was destroyed, a third of that, and so on. I haven't put all of this together. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I do have an inquiring mind, and I wished I sure could, but I haven't been able to do that. But now, are these locusts that comes up out of this, are they real locusts? I believe there's a good possibility they could be supernatural locusts, uh, not the natural locusts that we see, but able to do the same thing that locusts can do. But they're prohibited from eating the green stuff and only to persecute the people that do not have the mark of God on their forehead. So my question was, that means if, if they're not allowed to torment God's people, but only those that are not God's people, why would the devil torment his own house? And that's always bothered me. How can this be? If Satan is the angel that comes down, and the angel that is the king of the bottomless pit, when they come out, he's under his authority. But why doesn't he go after the believers instead of the unbelievers? Good question. And this is why I have a problem trying to figure all of this out. But believe that it will happen, I do believe it. Now look there in verse 2. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace. Now, whenever you read the book of Genesis in chapter 19, you'll notice it talks about that when he got Lot out of the city at Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible says that there was a great fire, and there's great smoke as of a great furnace. And it talks about the fire and the brimstone. And whatever happened there, the same type is what he's talking about right here. The smoke as of a great furnace. So it means it's got to be hot and something's coming up out of the ground. And I believe that there's something under the ground. Now, when you read several scriptures, you'll find out it's mentioned twice in chapter 5. It talks about those things that are in heaven and things on the earth and things under the earth. You ever heard this scripture? And he hath given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, whether things in heaven, things on the earth, and things under the earth. Is it possible there's something under the earth? The Bible says there's something under the earth. Now, we know that whenever Christ died on the cross, he went to the heart of the earth. Now, is the heart of the earth molten lava like they tell us it is? Or is it could be a, a big old core where it's like paradise was? Paradise had to be somewhere. And it had to be, as the Bible says, in the heart of the earth. Now, anywhere you go, when it's a, a hole there, it's like a bottomless pit because there's no bottom. It's, it's there, but where's the bottom? Is it the bottom? I don't know. It's interesting trying to put it all together. <laughs> I hope you all do. But there are angels that God said that were in the earth in a certain place. And there were believers from the Old Testament that were in the heart of the earth. And Christ told the thief on the cross, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And he says in the book of Ephesians in chapter 4, when he ascended, what is it that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? 
and led captivity out. So there were people there. But he only took out the believers. So that means there's a lot of other unbelievers all still there. When he says in the book of um, Revelation chapter 1, concerning Jesus Christ, he said, I am the Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the first and I'm the last. And I have the keys of death, which is a reference to the grave, and Hades. Use the word Hades. So if he has the keys that he can open up the graves and bring out the bodies, then there's also something in Hades that are still there. Because what would be the point of saying that I have the keys of Hades if all the believers are taken out and there's nobody else there? But they are somebody there. And one day at the great white throne judgment, it says death and hell shall deliver up the dead. So there's the souls, and there's the bodies, and they're going to come together and stand before God. And that's at the end, which is at the great white throne judgment. So yes, there's, there's fallen angels, and there's possibility of something under the earth. Is it possible that with all the drugs, the chemicals that have been spilt, run into the ground, is it possible to cause some things to be deformed? I, I don't know. But I do believe that there's a good possibility that these things that comes up out of this, and these locusts, which don't have a stinger, but scorpions do. And it says they're like the scorpions. So these are a little bit different from your normal, everyday locusts or little scorpions that you see. And there's descriptions. It talks about them having hair like a woman. Now, just because it says they had hair like a woman doesn't mean the hair had to be on their head. They could have long hair like a woman, but they could have it on their arms or on their legs or part of their body. I don't know. I really don't care. But got to be some funny-looking, strange-looking creatures. So look what he says. In verse 3, And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. In other words, the ability to sting. These are going to be able to torment, to torture people for five months. Now, let's say, for example, that I, I am one of these locusts, and I just came up out of the earth, and I'm looking for my victim. Aha! There's a victim. And I can only sting those who do not have the seal of the Lord in their forehead. Now, what that seal is, I, I don't know. I'd be guessing. Anybody else would, too. I tried to figure this out. When I sting him, and he can't die, will he just suffer for six months because of it? Or can I get him a whole bunch of times in that six months, five months, and really make him suffer. Now, if these were just people in a war, would no warriors just go through life and just torture you and keep you alive for six, five months? In wars, you kill each other. This is not the same. So he says there in verse 5, And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when it striketh the man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. It's going to be pretty bad. 
explain it all, I don't know if anybody can. But remember, he saw something 2,000 years ago describing something that's in our day. Now, there's a good possibility that I've heard all kinds. I've seen it in different books. And, and people say there's a good possibility when you tie this together with the book of Joel uh, and the day of the Lord and some of the things that are going to happen and describe some of the same timing of the day of the Lord, uh, that um, it could be helicopters, you know, and they look funny and they can paint faces on them or, you know, I don't know, they, they, all kind of stuff. But they come like and swarming over. I mean, they're all coming out there. I don't know. I don't really care. I'm not going to be here. But I do want to try to figure out as much as I possibly can. Somewhere along the line, it's got to all make sense. And it will all come together. And it will perfectly dovetail. And it will be right. And what God says in his word, it will be true. Now, I do not know whether or not it's going to be. And this is all totally symbolic of uh, some uh, machine that man has made, I, I believe that there's going to be uh, a lot of people that will be warring, and they'll have the river dried up to make way for the kings of the east. And I read in one book where the man says there's going to be 200,000. And somebody else says, well, that, no, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's going to be 2 million. Well, it's just going to be a whole bunch. Now look what he says. In verse 7, and the shape of the locusts were like unto horses, prepared unto battle. In other words, whether or not these things have got wings and they can fly, and they sound like uh, a whole herd of horses stampeding, or coming across the landscape in the book of Joel and Amos and so on, it talks about uh, like they cover the land and like they're uh, in the, in, in, in the, up in the air. And some people say, well, that's, that's airplanes, and uh, they're shooting missiles, and you know, they can shoot you this way, and they got a fire on the other end, and it's throwing them forward. So how would you describe it if you just saw it uh, you know, 2,000 years ago? Would have been interesting. So it's a lot of speculation, but it does not cloud my judgment as far as believing that the book is truly the Word of God. And just because I don't understand it all, doesn't mean it ain't true and that it won't happen. And I believe when it's all over with, it'll be as clear as day. We'll see it and it'll make so much sense. And it says here, get this. And on their heads were as it were crowns like gold. And their faces were as the faces of men. Now, I don't know if you've ever taken a grasshopper. Grasshopper and a locust looks a lot alike. And get real close to that old grasshopper. And just stared at it in his face. Well, it's got a nose, it's got a mouth, and it's got two eyes. And uh, if you mash them just right, they'll spit tobacco juice on you. But anyway, you can do it right on you. Now, there's some people I know that dump them in chocolate and eat them. Now, these are going to have some problems because they're going to be able to sting, which the normal locust doesn't do, but they can eat. And they have a very good appetite and can totally destroy anything in their sight. But it says they were not to eat that. They were just to torment people. And it says here in verse 9, and they had hair as the hair of women. So naturally you think of, you know, here's, a, here's this thing and it's got nice flowing hair on there. Well, it could be, well, it's a horse and it's got the mane. You know, the, uh, that, that's what it is. 
Well, it could be, but it might mean that they've got long hair on their arms or on their legs or on their body. I don't know. But it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in the Scripture. Do you see, how would you like to teach the ninth chapter of the book of Revelation? Wouldn't you have a lot of fun? Trying to see, now what in the world does this mean? Now there's a lot of things we can understand, but there's a lot of it you and I are not going to understand. But anyway, he says here in verse 9, and they had breastplates as it were breastplates of iron. Didn't say it was, it says as. And the face as a man, and the hair as a woman. And so you notice here in verse 9, and the breastplates as it were breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses run into battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men for five months. So whether or not one sting lasted five months, or they were just torturing the people up to five months, I don't know. Have you ever had mosquitoes get on you, and they're drilling for blood, and you can't even knock them off because they got their little nose down in there, and they're sucking blood? And you have to just kill them and blood squirt everywhere. I hate mosquitoes. But I'm glad that generally the mosquito who bites me only bites me one time. Because he's going to be a dead mosquito. I uh, was fishing up there in northern Minnesota. And we were sitting around talking how we're going to go fishing the next day. Early in the morning. And they told me, says, now, Yankee, there's no, there's not one single mosquito in Minnesota. I found out they were all married and had large families. We got out there, and those mosquitoes blacked on my arms. Black. They're all in your face, on your eyes. And they could sit there and fish, and it didn't bother them at all. Man, I'm constantly sweating. I was so miserable. I've never been so miserable in all my life. Every mosquito for a mile around knew that I didn't like them. And they all wanted to come over there and torment me. And just torment me. Flying around all in my face and eyes and so forth. And those guys that I was with, it didn't phase them one iota. And they only had not even a third of the mosquitoes on them that I had on me. What was it? I don't know what it was. I have no idea. But they drank so much coffee up there when they slapped that thing, coffee came out. Now look what he says. And they had the power to do this for five months. And they came out of this pit. Now, what does it all mean? As you try to tie it all together, you'll find out the last part of this chapter also tells you a little bit more and about the people and how they died in the three various ways. But notice in verse 13, And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, so that's in heaven, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. The four angels were loose, which were prepared for an hour, a day, a month, a year, for to slay the, and you hear that part, third part of the men. They slay the third part of them. So at what time in all this takes place, it's hard to tell. But not only did a third of the land and the, the, the sea and uh, the, the people, uh, it's incredible. Something happens that's um, 
going to take care of about a third of the earth. And some of this is taking place in the Middle East because of where it's located here. Now, when you study the book of Revelation and you hear all this about Euphrates and the battle of Armageddon and all these things, did you know that there's one place that's mentioned just about more than any other place outside of the nation of Israel in the Bible, and it's Iraq, Babylon, Persia area. All that is mentioned from the very beginning. Now, is it possible that in the last time, Iraq is going to have some leadership position among the nations? We're probably helping them to rise to power. Aren't you thankful for that? But get what he says. And he says in verse 15, And the four angels were loose. Third part of the men. The number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000, and I heard the number of them. And when I saw the horses in the vision, and then that sat on them, having breastplates of fire and adjacent and brimstone, and the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions, and out of their mouth issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed, the fire, the smoke, and the brimstone, which issued out of their mouth. And get this, for their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails were like unto serpents and had heads, and with them they do hurt. Now, is this descriptive of uh, airplanes with the ability to shoot down? And uh, I don't know. Is it helicopters? Uh, I don't know. But one day we'll find out. Of course, I'm hoping to have that ringside seat up in heaven as I'm watching from that viewpoint of what's going to take place upon the earth. And remember, after everything that was done, God was trying to get the people to come to him. And they still would not. And look what he says here in verse 20. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils, idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. That's what I had referred to some lady that I had talked to years ago. Neither repented they of their murders nor of their sorceries, where you get the word pharmacia from, which is uh, drugs, <laughs> uh, nor of their fornication and of their thefts. So it didn't work as far as getting people upon the earth to come to the Lord. So majority of people will die. Now, there is a time where the Antichrist will be killing the believers. And then later on, the unbelievers. And then whenever you get to the battle of Armageddon, anybody that's left, he says, one taken, one left, one taken, one left, one taken, one left. That's not the rapture. They were taken to be destroyed at the battle of Armageddon. That's in the book of Luke chapter 17. When you read that, it says, where were they taken? And it says where the body is, there where the eagles be gathered, gathered together. That's Revelation chapter 19. So the study of the book of Revelation, there's a lot in here. You are not going to understand it all, but you get a little bit here and a little bit there. Next thing you know, you'll move to another chapter. And, ah, there's something over there to help me understand this over here a little bit better. But you understand that this is what's going to happen in the tribulation period. It is real. I can't explain it all, but I'll let God demonstrate it all. And the people that will be here will see it, and they will understand it. Look up here. 
Let this hand represent you and me, and this wallet represents sin. Now, we all have sin on us. God loves us. Now, he hates our sin, but he loves us. And for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in a place called hell. God doesn't want any of us to go to hell. The Bible says hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. But there was found no place for the lost man. He couldn't go to heaven, and hell wasn't prepared for him, but that's where he's going to spend forever in the lake of fire. And the Bible says, as wandering stars in the midst of darkness forever and ever and ever. So God says that he loves us, wants us to go to heaven, and none of us are perfect. And you've got to be perfect to go to heaven. But because of sin, we can't get in. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us, and he hates our sin because it separates us from the Lord. So the Bible says that Jesus Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. And that if we would simply believe that he did it for us, he would give us as a free gift eternal life, and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. Do you realize how many times I have probably given this little illustration? Do you know sometimes nobody will trust the Lord? I won't see any indications of anybody. So I should probably just quit and not do it anymore. Nah. Was you here Sunday morning? All right, we had about six that indicated they would trust Christ as Savior. And some one Sunday you won't. But it doesn't matter. You, you got to still be faithful to give the gospel. I have no clue how many people might be watching on the internet. And they're sitting there and they're listening and they've never trusted Christ as Savior. And they just heard the ninth chapter of Revelation and they're scared to death. And only thing they have to be concerned about is, will you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior? Will you believe he died on that cross and paid for your sins? So that whenever you die here in this world, you'll have eternal life in heaven. Best news in all the world. Let's pray, shall we? If tonight you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, maybe you've heard about it, but you just never did. If you can see the things that are coming up on this earth, it's not going to be pretty. But if the rapture took place right now, if Christ came back right now and took all the Christians out of here, you would be in the tribulation period. This is what you would have to face. I'm so glad that I don't have to worry about that. But if you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, will you trust Him? I'm not going to have you forward, not going to embarrass you, but right where you're sitting. You say, that made sense to me. I want to be certain of going to heaven tonight. I will accept Jesus Christ right now as my Savior. Friend, God said, if you'd trust Him, He would save you. Would you believe He died for you? that he paid for all of your sins. Would you believe it? If you're making that decision, you say, yes, I believe it. I believe he did it for me. Then, friend, I'm going to ask you if you'll just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down. Is anyone at all? Say, yes, I believe Christ died, paid for my sins, and I'm trusting him and him alone to take me to heaven when I die. If you've never done it before, do it right now. Our Father, we do thank you so much for all that you've done for us. We're thankful for the free gift of eternal life and that anyone who watching by internet, they don't have to be in the church service. They don't have to sign a card, don't have to raise their hand, they don't have to do anything. But they do have to trust you. And by doing so, you guarantee them eternal life and you'll never cast them out. Thank you so much for this time together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.